Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. Okay. My message today is this. It's time to wait. Don't get too excited. Don't jump up and down. But it's time to wait. Luke 24, 49 says this. And remember that I'm about to send out my Father's promised gift to, the, to rest upon you. But as for you, wait patiently in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. This is from the Weymouth New Testament translation. You know, after Christ's glorious resurrection, and um, you would have thought that the disciples would have crusade services everywhere, seeing people healed, saved, and delivered, and there would be such an outpouring of the Spirit that it would be like a wave that would cover the nations after our glorious Savior's resurrection. He triumphed over the enemy, made a public spectacle of him, and in that, he paraded him in front of all of his cronies as a defeated foe. And he got the keys of death, hell, and the grave, and then he ascended to go be with the Father. You would think after this glorious event that we just celebrated last Sunday, that we would all be having these mighty crusades and we would be seeing people come through the doors. But what happens after our, our Savior's glorious resurrection, that it was days of waiting. From the Feast of Passover to the Feast of Pentecost is 50 days. So you think about it, that, that the Lord said, I want you to wait. In Jerusalem until you're clothed with power and they just didn't wait a couple of days they waited 50 days you know and, and, and sometimes God sees the big picture and I'm not quite sure all the details of why they had to wait that long because after Pentecost it was explosive the gospel went out through all the world, and the power of God was being released. And in that, people were um, experiencing God's mighty power. And it reminds me of a story of a man that he climbed up to the Mount of Mount Sinai to get a, to really, he, his desire was to get close to God. He wanted to get closer to God, so go to Mount Sinai. So looking up, he asked the Lord, he said, God, what does a million years mean to you? And the Lord replied, a minute. And then the man asked, and what does a million dollars mean to you? And the Lord replies, a penny. And then the man asked, can I have a penny? And the Lord replies, in a minute.
I believe there is one thing that God uses more times in a person's life, and that is to make you wait. Have you ever been given a promise by God to find out that all of a sudden you're in a waiting period? Has anyone asked God for something to all of a sudden find out that the answer was for you to wait and you're still waiting? You know, it, it almost feels like sometimes we go from one wait to the next wait. You know, it's like a series of wait, 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 wait. But in that, God is doing something in the wait that you don't see. God is doing something in you that he's developing in you that's causing you to be able to walk in the fullness of what he's destined you for, called you to, and wants you to fulfill in your life. He's building some inner fortitude on the inside. There's something deep inside of you that he can only see. The master's hand is at work on the, on the inside of you. And he is the one that knows when it's finished. And so when Eliza and I were given the word uh, to move to the mountains of Asheville, North Carolina, to build a church, I really thought that suddenly we'd be packing our bags and going. No, we weren't. I thought maybe we would see the Red Sea open up and we'd walk on dry line and land and Asheville would say, here you are, we've been waiting for you all this time. <laughs> no. We had to wait almost a year before we came. Was it easy? No. No. God was at work, at work in my heart and in my wife's heart, probably more in my heart than her heart, but he was at work. How do you handle waiting in line at the grocery store? How do you handle waiting in traffic? How do you handle waiting for food when the wife work so hard to get it ready but it's just not ready on time how are you handling waiting for your food waiting for marriage you know bidding our time is really counterculture counter cultural say that three times real fast We have been conditioned to have it our way, my way, and when we want it, because that's how we roll in America. I mean, we want it now. And was it McDonald's? What's the old saying? No, my way, have it your way. You know, I mean, we sing that song going through the drive-thru, you know, come on, have it my way, you know. I mean, many times when we have to wait for something, a lot of times we think maybe something's gone wrong or that we've sinned or that we've missed God or we might think God's forgotten about us. There's a lot of things that can go through our mind. 
But in that, the list can go on of all the things that go on in our mind while we're waiting. But in that moment of waiting, God is at work in you. God's got big plans for everybody. He's got huge plans. Plans that you know not of. He wants to open doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open. He's got big plans for you. But he wants you to have big muscles, spiritual muscles, to walk it out. And sometimes, you know, I, I was honestly, you know, when I was asking the Lord for, um, I wanted to get married, you know, and I, I just kept, seemed like I'd stumble over myself in relationships and I, I just, I made more of a mess than anything. And I got to the point where I said, I am not going to date anymore. I'm going to be single. And I actually looked into, you're going to laugh at this, but I looked at it uh, going into being a monk at Eureka Springs, Missouri. I actually thought, I said, I might be a monk. I mean, you know, the solitude life, you know, praying and worshiping the Lord all the time and just being in his presence. I thought, I won't have to worry about a girl, you know. I mean, it just, you know, it'd be nice. So I actually did look into it. So... Can you imagine that? Me having a robe. So, so you know, I, but, but in that, I decided, Lord, I'm not going to date anymore. Well, two years went by. And, um, and Shazam, one day, when I wasn't planning on it, Lo and behold, my eyes set upon this beautiful doe sitting on the front row. And, 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 and I said, this has got to be God. And in that, and the Lord spoke to me that she was the woman that he had prepared for me. And, um, and if you want to know, I have eight things the Lord talked to me. All right. I got eight things in my Bible, what the Lord told me about her, and she fit every one of them. So, can't, can't share them all, though. <laughs> but, you know, <clears throat> sometimes our efforts to speed things up can really throw a wrench in things. You know, because you know what God's got to do? He's got he's to fix your mess, and then he's got to get you back on track to fulfilling what he's called you to do do you understand god cleans up so many messes for us and and but you know what he's patient and he's not he's not you know giving up on you just because you've thrown in the towel ah, this waiting stuff is for the birds <laughs> he doesn't get all upset over it because he knows our frame he knows that we're weak he knows that at times we can you know, forget who we are. Genesis 17, verses 1 through 6. Now, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. And I will establish my covenant between me and you, and I will multiply you exceedingly. Abraham fell on his face, and God talked with him, saying, As for me, 
Behold, my covenant is with you, and you will be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham. For I will make you the father of a multitude of nations, and I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make nations of you, and kings will come forth from you. And then verse 17, and then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said in his heart, will a child be born to a man 100 years old? And will Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? Well, be careful what you laugh about. Because your words frame your world. Guess how old Abraham was when Isaac was born? 100 years old. Abraham was 75 years old when, he, when God first promised to him that he was going to be a father of nations and kings and princes and, and, and royalty was going to come from him. But he ended up waiting 25 years. Do you have maybe... A hunch that sometimes depending on the calling the enormity of the calling sometimes the wait might take a little longer because it's building something in you it took 25 years for him to be a father of many nations but you got to think about it. that was an incredible thing to carry the weight of that was enormous he needed he needed spiritual fortitude on the inside and even though you know they didn't wait perfectly because we all know the story there was an ishmael okay let's just be real they took matters into their own hands and they decided we're gonna have a baby because this is too long but you know what it didn't disqualify them God picked him up, even at a very old age, and said, I'm not done with you yet. So their waiting was not perfect, but God is faithful. He's faithful because once he started a work in you, he's going to finish it until, he's, until it's completed. So y'all are a masterpiece in the working. Y'all are, y'all, it sounds like I'm in the South, y'all He's working something in you that's beautiful. And what does it look like? Well, it looks like his son. The reflection of his son is to be seen in you. And the reflection of Jesus is something that takes time. He's developing in you a masterpiece, a beautiful, beautiful son and daughter that's looking like his boy. So is it worth the wait? Yes, it is worth the wait. Hebrews 6, 13 through 15. And when God made the promise to Abraham, since he could swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you and I will surely multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, he obtained the promise. Patiently waited. You know, as we wait, 
it can be tempting to take matters into our own hands and try to make things happen. Come on. If anything's going to get done, I got to do it. And I'll be honest with you, patiently waiting is something that, that I've struggled with. Am I the only one? You know, patience is not something that we're given at birth. You know, and, 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 and it's not given to you at your conversion experience. I wish it was. I could save myself a lot of heart, heartache if I just get it when I was converted and got saved. Patience has developed in your life and in my life very, very slowly over time. But if you're like me, I want it now. I want it my way. And a lot of times, my, my, my weakness can be that I want to fix things. I, I want to make things right for people. I, I don't want people to suffer. I don't want people to have hard times. So I want to fix it for people. And he, a lot of times he says, you know what? Would you get out of the way? Would you get out of the way? I, I, my son and my daughter, I'm working on them. And you're getting in there and you're just putting a wrench in everything. So get out of the way and let me take care of my son and my daughter. So why does God seem to make us wait? That's a really good question. It's not very theological. It's just real simple. Because it's producing something of great value within you. It's producing something in you. You know, there are many times when the wait is long and we can hear the enemy saying, did God really say that I was going to give you a wife, a husband? Did God really say blah, blah, blah? And then we start questioning God. And then all of a sudden, yeah, God's holding out on me. I must just have to take things into my own hands. And that's when we need to kick him to the curb. James 1, verses 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces what? Perseverance, Perseverance and patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So we get promised by God, and our faith is tested. It's refined. It's purified. But then it produces a beautiful patience in your life. And you know what patience does? It goes to work on the inside of you. It's like the little Pac-Man. You, you remember the old Miss Pac-Man? You know, a little mouth, and it used to, it gobbles up them little things. Well, patience is kind of like a little Miss Pac-Man. She starts going to work on you, and she starts eating all those things that don't look like Jesus. It starts removing those areas within you that are not a reflection of the one that we love. And so in that, Patience is a work of perfection in your life. 
You're being perfected into the image. And without patience, Scripture says, we cannot inherit the promises of God. So in that, it is a requirement to seeing our faith fulfilled, and that is to have patience, and we get patience when we're waiting. It is the enabler to our faith, the ability to hold on to our faith when all seems lost. Patience gives you that steady hand and not going off course. And patience allows our faith to endure. In other words, you're not going to give up when you face the fiery trial because you have that inner confidence. You know that God is at work in you no matter how long it takes. There's just that inner resolve. Okay. You know, and I, I almost feel like we really think that we're going to miss it if we don't do something. You know, I think we, we kind of feel like, gosh, it's been, been a year. Maybe I should do something. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss my opportunity. No. Strong's Bible Dictionary says that patience is cheerful or hopeful endurance. Constancy. Hopeful endurance. Come on, say that with me. Hopeful endurance. Patience is hopeful endurance. I like that. Don't you? Hopeful endurance. That's what patience is. Romans 5, verses 3 through 4. Knowing that tribulation brings about patience, and patience proven character, and proven character hope, and hope, what? Does not disappoint. So simply put, patience develops your character. Patience is working the character on the inside of you. It's perfecting your character so that you are complete on the inside. I believe that patience gives us the proven character to steward the promises of God well. Do you hear that? Because when we receive a promise in life, we are stewarding greater levels of his kingdom. You know, Rick Joyner says this, uh, higher levels means bigger devils. So you're stewarding something because you're going to need, need it when you've been promoted, elevated, and the doors open for you to enter in what God is calling you to do or that what you're asking for. You know, we're not receiving the promises of God as an end-all, but they are to be used to display the glory of our Father. They're to be used to display His majesty. And the if the heart has not been prepared well to steward the promises, then we can, you know, the prodigal son lost his inheritance by loose living. He lost it because he didn't, he didn't have that inner ability to steward the wealth and the resources that his father gave him at that early age. Because there was a lack of character. There was a lack of character in his life. 
So really, having to wait, you know what it does? It reveals your character. It just, it brings it all to the surface. It, it, it just brings, it's kind of like, it's like the stuff you don't want to see, it comes to the top. And it reveals if you're putting your trust in God or your own abilities. Are you trusting God? Are you trusting your own strength and abilities? He wants you to be God-reliant, not self-reliant. Remember, the scripture says, it's not by might nor by power, but by his spirit, says the Lord. He's wanting you to learn a life of the spirit and not the life of the flesh. If, if you tend to lean upon the arm of the flesh, then you're, you're just, you're like taking the, you know, the, your legs out from under you. You're not able to live the life that you were destined to live. We were born to live according to the Spirit of God, not by our own fleshly desires and what we want to see. So if you're in Christ, you have patience. Why? Because faith produces patience. Faith produces patience within your life. And one of the fruits of the Spirit is what? Patience. patience. So it's really within you. It might be in seed form, but it's in you. It gives you the ability to stand and keep on standing on the inside. You know, you can sit down on the inside and give up. He wants you to stand up on the inside and be able to say, well, you know what? For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And, and so you don't yield to having to try to fix things. So in that, you know, we, we just don't like to, this culture in America does not like to hear this message. We don't like this message. This isn't going to be one of your, whoo, boy, that was the best message I've ever heard Sam give in his life. But God's word is God's word, and this is the truth. You know, it, I'm not here to make you feel good. And the truth sometimes ruffles your feathers a little bit. But the truth sets you free, and what you're getting set free from is bondage to yourself. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. So how could patience have its perfect work if we don't have it? <laughs> so if we don't have it, then God would be unjust in, in telling us and to let us have its perfect work. Well, God is not unjust and that he has started such a glorious work in you, and he's not given up. I'm so glad he hadn't given up on me. Aren't you glad he hadn't given up on you? I mean, we would be, we'd be done with a long time ago. I fell off the apple cart I don't know how many times. 
That's an old saying, you know. <laughs> the, the older you get, haven't you ever seen that movie, The, the uh, Dumpling Gang? What was that? Yeah. Apple Dumpling Gang. Yeah, come on. You guys haven't seen that. Okay, it's all right. <laughs> God really does want us all to succeed. So let patience have its perfect work in you, which is produced through the waiting. Just yield to it. You know, many times when our children were younger, we'd tell them to be patient. And they had to trust that we knew what was best for them. And you know what our kids would say many times? Oh, Dad, you don't understand. You don't understand the times. You're old. <laughs> and, but, you know, sometimes as we did our best to steward them, as they were waiting, it was, it was, it was just, it was giving them strong legs to stand on and, and to walk with. And David said in Psalm 40, verse 1, David said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me, and he heard my cry. Inclined means that God leans into you. He leans into you, and he comes towards you. So God is near you when you, when you wait He's, he's leaning in. He said, I know it's tough, but I'm here. He understands our struggle, and he will help us if we ask him. So why is waiting so important? Number one, waiting builds up your most holy faith. Because faith is what is precious, and faith is what is to be developed. It shows that you're putting your trust in God and not your own abilities. You're trusting and believing that he will guide and direct your steps and open the door that no man can shut. What is faith doing also? Why is it important? It builds endurance, patience. It develops spiritual muscle on the inside. It's giving you the ability to walk out the calling upon your life. It's also developing humility. God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Humility is a beautiful work inside your life that God is doing because God moves towards the humble in heart. Number four, it builds your character. Your life starts reflecting the one that loves you and died for you. If character has not been developed and refined, then sometimes the calling is difficult to walk out. Some of your callings are great, are big, but if the character's not been developed within you, it could be like giving a monkey a handgun. Think about it. You gotta have the inner fortitude and strength on the inside to walk out the calling that he's given to you, and he doesn't want you to be using your calling in a careless way, and someone gets hurt. It gives you clarity of vision to wait. 
You'll not be persuaded to let go of the vision for something less. A lesser lover. Or a lesser thing. Number six, it protects you. Because getting ahead of God can open the door to danger. You don't want to get ahead of God. Stay on track with God and what he said. Even though you don't see any results, stay on track because it can open the door to danger. Number seven, it enables you to learn to walk by the Spirit and not by the flesh. God wants you to learn how to rely on the Holy Spirit and not your flesh. And number eight, it gives us time to rest. Hebrews 4.11, therefore let us be diligent to enter that rest so that no one will fall through the following of the same example of disobedience. These were the children in, in the wilderness. So it's saying be diligent to enter into the rest. Weightful resting is so healthy to you spiritually on the inside. So when you're resting, you know what you're doing really? You're trusting. When you're resting, you're really trusting him. He's got it. He's got you in his hands. It's going to be okay. And when you're resting, you're kind of confident too. You're confident in Papa God. You're confident that he loves you, he knows you, and he cares for you. And you believe that you're your papa's going to come through for you. You know, sometimes when we, those that have been brought up in broken families, trusting God can be a challenging thing. When you come from a family that's been broken. Because you know what? In the mindset of, of, of a child, they're thinking, well, if you'd have been there, God, this wouldn't have happened. If you'd have stepped in, it wouldn't have turned out the way it did. But in that, when we are waiting on God, it's building the foundation and fortitude under your feet that you're beginning to see that, that your Papa God is faithful and He's true and He will come through for you. Even though what you've experienced maybe didn't display that, His faithfulness and His timing will never, ever fail you. So let's remember that, that waiting is not a no from God. Waiting is a hopeful endurance until the answer comes forth. So waiting's not no. It's just a hopeful endurance until it manifests, the promise manifests in your life and you see it. And then one day, you'll see the promise and she'll be right before you, he'll be right before you, or whatever will be right before you. And you're like, this is God. This is the Lord. And you enter into the good pleasure that God has for you. So the disciples waited 50 days. Can you wait? Can you be clothed with power from on high? to do the mighty work that God has for you? I believe so. I believe I see a weight in you. There's a weight in you. 
And it's a good work. So don't be discouraged. Be encouraged. The best is yet to come. It is coming. Hang on. Don't throw in the towel. And the hard thing is, is that we look at things in the natural so much. We look at things in the natural and we're like, wow, that doesn't look like anything of the promise. <laughs> and don't look at, the, we walk by what? Faith and not by sight, right? You're just going to have to almost, don't walk blind, but don't, yeah, just <laughs> close your eyes. You open your eye once in a while, but, you know, just, just simply trust that he's building a masterpiece and he's faithful he's so faithful amen okay my voice made it through praise the lord amen let's stand Father, we first and foremost declare that you're good. That you're good even in the middle of the wait. You're good even in the middle of a delay. You're good even though things are not going my way. You're good because you're good, because you're good, and because you're good. You're a good father, and you do all things well. So, God, we praise you and we thank you. Though the cupboard might look a little empty, you're still good. The stall might seem empty, but you're still good. The promise might not yet be manifested yet, but we declare that you're good. You're good in spite of what things look like right now. So Lord, we choose today to trust in the Lord with all of our heart and not lean on our own understanding, but acknowledge you in all our ways and you're gonna make our paths straight. So we're gonna rest in you and trust you. And we thank you that good things are ahead for all of us. So, Father, we worship you and praise you. Because you can only do good. And we thank you, Father, that you love us with an everlasting love. And from the beginning, you have been so patient with each of us. And that while we were even yet sinners, Christ died for us on the cross. And Lord, we thank you that you never gave up on us. That you released the gift of repentance. We surrendered our hearts to you. And said yes to Jesus. So Lord, we praise you and we thank you for everything. Because you're good. And Lord, I pray right now, today I felt like you want to encourage some that are growing weary and well-doing. 
as you've been waiting and getting weary, today the Lord wants you to mount up with wings like eagles. The Lord wants to blow upon you his breath that you might mount up like an eagle and soar. And I declare today that the best days are ahead for you. So don't grow weary in well-doing. Strengthen yourself in me. Put on my strength. Put on my power. And put on the whole armor that we might run together. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen those that have gotten disillusioned. They've almost thrown in the towel. Lord, I ask today that they could very gently pick it back up and not lose heart because of what they're seeing in the natural in Jesus' name. And Lord, I'm just asking for the breakthrough too. I'm asking, Lord, that you would release the breakthrough. Let the anointing be upon your people, Lord, for the breakthrough in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Look at your neighbor and say, it's okay to wait. Because good things are heading your way. Amen. You know, if, if you need some encouragement in prayer, if you need some encouragement and um, you just want somebody to stand with you, if you've kind of gotten weary and maybe your arms have been dragging and and, and you're just, you know, a little, a little tired. I want you to come forward and get some prayer. If I could have just a couple of the prayer team come on up. If you just need some encouragement to hang in there, I want you to come on up and let's, let's just have some people. Um, could I have a couple of the prayer team? Yeah, you, come on. Oh, you want prayer too? You can get prayer too. Come on. It, yeah, Jennifer and Dan. Well, Father, I just pray right now. Lord, I just pray right now that you just bless this wonderful church. And God, I pray you continually make your face um, shine upon them and be gracious to each and every one. Give them the grace to endure. And Lord, lift up your countenance upon them and give them your peace. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Amen. If you need prayer, come on up.